Some people love Shakespeare, others not so much. But a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theater at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Today on CityCast DC, it's been a horrific week in international news, and the weight of what's happening in Israel and Palestine is so heavy that it's palpable for many of us here in DC. We've got some suggestions for what you can do to aid in the peace and humanitarian efforts. Plus, we're talking about some tricky stop sign cameras in D.C. and the best speakeasies now that the Gibson is shuttering its doors. Today's Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what D.C. is talking about. with what's going on internationally. I know a lot of our minds and hearts are there. Priyanka, what can you tell us? Yeah, so at the moment, Israel is preparing a ground offensive into Gaza. Um, It's retaliation for these really horrific attacks by Hamas, um, which is a Palestinian armed group. Um, Last Saturday, October 7th, it was a land, sea, and air attack. They unleashed gunfire on a music festival. They took more than 150 hostages. Um, Overall, it was a really horrific day, um, a huge tragedy in Israel. Right now, while Israeli civilians are still grappling with all of that, grappling with the fallout, um, seeking shelter for people whose homes were destroyed, the Israeli army is preparing a ground offensive into the Gaza Strip. It's this 25-mile-long, really thin strip of land. Uh, It's fenced in from all sides. And Israel has warned 1.1 million Palestinians who live there to evacuate their homes. It's pretty much universally acknowledged that most people will not be able to get to safe ground. The UN has called the evacuation order a crime against humanity. Israel has also cut off Gaza's water, its electricity, its food supply. Palestinians in Gaza don't have adequate medical supplies either. So all in all, a lot of innocent people are suffering. They're stuck. Israel says that these efforts are to try and root out Hamas. But the problem is that in a place like Gaza, which is so small and so dense, Hamas fighters are kind of really entwined in the communities, um, and they aren't going to be rooted out via airstrikes or these kinds of wide-scale military offenses. So overall, this is just a really terrible thing to watch. Um, Feels pretty intractable. And I don't know about you guys, but it's been all that I've seen on my social media over the past week. Yeah. I mean, I think this is an instance where, like, it is okay to have extremely complex feelings about this especially Mm -hmm. like I'm a Jewish American living in the United States. And I can tell you, like, I feel extremely conflicted about everything that is going on here. And it's very complicated. Um, I would recommend maybe logging off of social media. And you don't have to post your opinion there if you feel uncomfortable. This is true. And I mean, obviously, this is international news. But I think that in a city that is as internationally focused as D.C., um, we have obviously lots of embassies here, a lot of international development 
organizations here. And so this is impacting people's lives and work and just like mental health um, in many, many ways. And so I think it's relevant for us to talk about for those reasons. Um, At this point, the Gaza Health Ministry has said that more than 2,600 Palestinians have been killed. Um, More than 1,400 Israelis were killed, most of them on October 7th itself. And there has been fear that all of this will spill into religious-based violence in other places, including in D.C. Um, There was an attack in in Chicago, and this is really brutal, so (laughs) prepare, prepare yourself consider this a trigger warning, um, a landlord in Chicago stabbed a young Palestinian-American boy. Um, he was six years old. He was stabbed 26 times, um, and, and he died. The boy's mother was also seriously wounded, and this was a response to what had happened in Israel-Palestine um, the previous week. Luckily, we haven't had anything nearly like that in D.C. There was some anti-Semitic graffiti drawn in a Fairfax school parking lot, and Like I said, people are definitely still worried that this could escalate, especially because the violence in the Middle East is all but sure to escalate. It kind of leaves all of us feeling a little bit helpless, I think. I definitely feel the same way. You know, it's when things like this are going on, it's hard to know what I can do, you know, from my apartment in D.C. to support. Um, How have folks been responding in D.C.? Yeah, so there were big protests over the weekend. On Friday, there was a pro-Israel rally at the Freedom Plaza, basically people expressing their solidarity and support for Israel while it kind of contends with these terrible attacks that had happened the previous weekend. And then on Saturday, there was a really big march in support of Palestine and calling for a ceasefire. And there's going to be more protests. And that's, I guess, kind of what you can do now. Um, If you're listening to this and you feel kind of helpless, you want to get involved. um, The Jewish Voice for Peace organization is setting up a mass action on Wednesday in D.C. outside Congress at 11 a.m. They'll be there until five. um, So they'll have, you know, people giving speeches, chanting. The poster for this basically says, American Jews say ceasefire now, stop genocide of Palestinians. Um, so that's that's one thing you can do. Again, that's on Wednesday. You can also send an email to Congress. There are a bunch of different form letters floating around. We'll have one of them in our show notes if you want to check that out. But it's a little d- disheartening. Um, I did this this weekend. I sent my form letter in and then it's like, great, your email has been sent to delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton. And I'm like, <laughs> Ugh. Right. Effective. <laughs> Effective. Yeah. Yes. I, I would say if, if you're if you're a Marylander or you're in Nova, I think your voice probably in this instance maybe carries more weight. So write your Congress people, please. Yeah, because I did see some representatives like Rashida Talib, who is a Palestinian representative, saying that her colleagues in Congress were saying they didn't hear anything from constituents, like there's no no outcry for a ceasefire. So we need to now create that outcry, essentially. Um, so, yes, Nova, Maryland people, send that email in. And also, I don't know, pester your friends who live in other states. Yeah. And then the last thing that you can do is send aid, send donations. The Jewish Federation of Greater Washington is leading the Israeli fundraising drive in the D.C. area. Um, their chief executive said that The donations will go towards funding trauma therapy, rebuilding homes, providing shelter for displaced families after the bombs. 
Then a group called ANERA, which is also locally based, is sending aid to Gaza. They're going to be focusing on mostly medical and humanitarian aid. So blood bags, uh, hygiene kits, medicine, food. Again, power, food, and water have been cut off to Gaza. So this aid is incredibly important there right now. And then Obviously, there are a lot of international organizations. Harper's Bazaar actually put together a really good list. So we'll link to that as well so you can check it out. It's so important, I think, in these moments that people really do what they can and like educate themselves. Um, When I'm not making this podcast, I work as a disinformation researcher helping to give folks tips on how they can avoid spreading things that are not true. Because in times of chaos or crisis... It is so important that we're all, you know, being really careful about what we amplify and making sure that we're amplifying stuff that is accurate and not just inflammatory claims that are meant to sort of rile people up. Unfortunately, we've already seen some big inaccurate claims about this conflict being amplified on social media. You know, yep. you, you all might have seen that doctored press release supposedly from the White House saying that the Biden administration had confirmed, I think, $8 billion in aid to Israel. That was just not true. It was a phony press release, yet it trended on Twitter because people with blue check marks amplified it. And so I think right now it is one thing we can all be doing is to really educate ourselves and to really have a lot of like digital hygiene about what we amplify, what we buy into, what we give oxygen to, and really making sure that we are following trusted sources and, you know, treading carefully, not just hitting that retweet button on the first thing that gives you a gives you an emotional response. Um, I know that it's really tempting to do that when we're all scared and anxious and want to support, want to help. But the best thing that we can do right now is really making sure that we're educating ourselves thoughtfully and really amplifying accurate, timely information. Yeah, that's a really, really important note. Thanks, Bridget. And if folks want more information about how we've seen inaccurate information on social media really impacting this conflict, I did an episode of my podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, last week all about this. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts. It might be helpful in terms of how we can understand how social media is really feeding into this conflict and what we can all do to make sure that we're talking about it thoughtfully and accurately. Yeah, I I listened to that episode, Bridget, um, and I was so grateful that it's out there in the world. So we'll put it in our show notes as well. And yeah, definitely check it out. The brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma, D.C. community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own, The kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets, and throughout the home, there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one and two bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit thearborattacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R-A-T-T-A-K-O-M-A dot com. Over the weekend, independent journalist Alan Henney posted a video of him rolling through a stop sign with the caption, That's me driving the white Crown Vic on Blagden Ave at Allison Street Northwest. DC has fined me $200. Should I pay or contest it? 
And what's funny is that in this video we posted, he pretty clearly does not stop his car. More like he <laughs> totally pauses to quote Cher from Clueless. And he was getting roasted in the replies for posting this video like maybe it was going to exonerate him. Uh, it, have y'all seen this this video that he posted? Yes. And I will comment that this is what I like to refer to as the rolling stop, which is very common in D.C., where like the stop signs are more of a suggestion <laughs> rather than like actual law. So A for execution on the rolling stop. I I don't think he actually fully stopped for like two seconds. You know, no, no he didn't. I mean, I I'm not going to pretend I haven't done this. Like, <laughs> we've same, all done it. Same, yeah. we've all, we all do it. We all do it. DC, right. I feel like, is the capital of the rolling stop, you know? Yeah. Anyone who says they have not done a rolling stop is lying. But it's also, you've got to know that you're doing it. You know, you've got to know that this isn't what a real stop is supposed to be like. I can't believe that he thought that Twitter was going to back him up. Well, Twitter did not back him up. Some of the replies that he got, they were all pretty much roasting him. Somebody tweeted... It's the way you posted this, thinking people would gas you up to contest it, but you got the opposite. <laughs> Somebody else said, no, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to stop at the stop sign, bro. <laughs> Someone said, contest it. Maybe the judge telling you the difference between stopping and slowing down will have an effect. Oh, my God. My favorite, Lamo with three O's. You literally never stopped and then proceeded to post the evidence on social media for the entire world to see how you didn't stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> And Priyanka, we were talking about this earlier and you were like, how did they get this video? Because he obviously didn't take it. And that did not occur to me. And you were like, oh, they must have a camera there, which I had never heard of them. There being cameras at stop signs in D.C. But it turns out, Priyanka, you're right. There are actually eight different stop sign cameras in D.C. to catch folks not fully stopping at stop signs. They kind of the stop sign itself kind of flashes when they catch you. Wow. I'm sad to be right about this. That's that's unfortunate. (laughs) Where are these eight stop sign cameras? Okay, so according to the city, as of August 8th, 2022, there's one at 27th Street and R Street Southeast, Blackton Avenue uh, Northeast at Allison Street, the one we're talking about, 14th Street at Van Buren. Oh, that's right near me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I better be careful. <laughs> 37th Street uh, and Whitehaven Parkway Northwest, Kansas Avenue Northeast and Buchanan Street Northwest. Fesident Street and 44th Street Northwest, Longfellow Street and Missouri Avenue Northwest, Bruce Place and 15th Place Southeast. And Julia, you actually have a personal bone to pick with one of these, yeah? This Fesenden stop is the bane <laughs> of my existence. This is the stop that's right before the intersection of River Road and Fesenden. And if you do not stop for, I kid you not, three seconds, and if the front of your car is in the crosswalk at all, you will get ticketed. I have stopped for five seconds and still gotten ticketed because my front bumper was in the crosswalk. There is no winning at that stop sign. I've simply given up. I actually try to avoid the road because I know that to get to my parents' house, there are alternate routes where I don't have to go to that stop sign. Well, you are not alone in these complaints at all, Julia. Good. (laughs) Residents have actually been complaining about the specific stop sign camera at Blagden Avenue for kind of a while. According to NBC, the stop sign camera at Blagden Avenue and Allison Street has been there for years, but it was recalibrated at the beginning of 2022, and that's when folks started saying they had issues. Someone actually hung up a sign to warn others that reads, 
bad camera. <laughs> Stop fully three seconds before the line. Tickets are $100. So, Juliet, maybe you should post a sign like that at that stop sign that you hate. I think there already is one there or there was attempted to be one there. But, like, now it's gone. I just I just avoid the road. I think it's funny that the solution to an inadequate stop sign and inadequate in that no one pays attention to it is more signs being like, no, no, no. <laughs> but this, like, this one's for real, guys. This yeah, for real. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The kind of complaints that residents have about that stop sign is that They have gotten multiple tickets, even though they stopped for multiple seconds. They complain about the position and the camera angle of the of the camera. Mm. To be honest, I feel like this is all stuff I would say. I would absolutely say if I got a ticket and and didn't want to pay it, like, oh, it's the camera angle. It's the (laughs) shadows. It's this. It's I probably would also have a bunch of complaints. So sounds like something I would say to get out of a ticket. Um, We will post the video of Alan Maybe not stopping at this stop sign (laughs) question mark so folks can see for themselves and let us know what you think. Right. And also, um, if Alan's listening or anyone who knows Alan's listening, let us know if any of these suggestions (laughs) help you contest the fine. Like, we want to know. The people want to know. The next time I get caught at that pheasant and stop, which I know I will, even though I'm super careful now, you know I'm using video evidence. I don't know that I'll post it on Twitter, but I'm storing up that video evidence and I'm going back to court and saying, you are wrong. (laughs) Speaking of things that are stopping, Julia, what's going on with speakeasies in D.C.? All right. So the beloved speakeasy, the Gibson, uh, which holds a very special place in my heart because it was like one of the first speakeasies in D.C. It's been running for 15 years. It is closing. At the end of the year, they're having a blowout party on New Year's Eve, and then they are gonzo, Alfonso, and done. This is so sad. I know. My my heart, it, it breaks. There's a slight chance it could simply be relocated, according to the owner, but I would not bank on it. I would simply head on over ASAP. The Gibson was kind of like the innovator for a lot of these speakeasy-themed bars in D.C. I think folks know how difficult it is to find the Gibson behind that black door on 14th and U. Even though I know where it is, I still pick the wrong door. It's infuriating. But now that it's closed, we got to find other places to drink, guys. We got to find other speakeasy-themed <laughs> bars. Originally, like, speakeasies were, like, illicit, illegal bars during Prohibition. And now they're more kind of, like, bars that replicate that historical feel of speakeasy. So, like, underground or up a hidden door or back room or hidden, pretty much. Yeah, I feel like they also kind of give you a possibly false insider feel. Yes, that's very important. Because they can be hard to find. And if you know exactly where it is, especially if you know where it is without using Google Maps, it just makes you feel like like a real local. I feel like even when you know where it is and you mess up, that's the sign of a good speakeasy. You yeah. know, like like the Gibson, like I know it's the black door. It's always which one of the black doors because yeah. there's two that are kind of next to each other. And it's like, is the left one? Is the right one? I always mess it up, even though I know where it is. It's infuriating. So some options. If you are looking for speakeasy vibes in D.C. Uh, and you are sad that the Gibson is closing like I am. I'm a big fan of Silver Lion, which is in the basement of the Riggs Hotel. It's near what was like a bank vault. There's like a bank vault door there. They do really weird and creative cocktails. Also, they have a combo called Tots and Shots. And if you think I'm not about to spend money on alcohol and a fried potato, you are wrong. I will <laughs> shell out all of the money for it. Those are some of the best tots in the city, too. They are. And yeah. the dipping ranch, uh, big So fan. good. So good. Plus, like, a lemon drop shot. You get, like, your salty. You get your, like, mm. sweet. You get your, like, ranchy. <laughs> uh, you get your crispy and your melty. Oh, it's, it is divine. Um, You're making me hungry. I know. My stomach is grumbling through this entire segment. It's awful. <laughs> Anyways, 
Another place that I actually went to recently with you, Priyanka, was OKPB. This one is upstairs in Mount Pleasant, and it is tiny, and it is hidden. I was on my scooter, and even though I had Google Maps open, I still passed it, like, three <laughs> times. Priyanka, did you have the same experience? Um, I knew where it was because I had tried to go before, but what I like about this one is, as well is that you have to ring a doorbell. Um, mm. Like, you can't just walk in. They have the door locked. You ring the doorbell. Someone comes down and then like lets you know if there's space or not. And also this one, I would try a weekday, honestly. Weekends, oh, yeah. they get packed mm-hmm. because it is small and because it is in high demand and it's a great spot. That's a good tip. I've tried yeah. to go twice and each time it was just too busy. Another place that I feel like is really well known now is Chicken and Whiskey has like chicken in the front and like whiskey in the back, like 99 whiskeys to be precise. This is one of my favorites because you can just get like a massive arepa when you're like kind of tipsy and you can or just like vice knock versa, that too. Which I do very back. regularly. And like, fancy you know, Because they also have a really good dance floor on weekends. So, you know, you head back there, have some drinks, dance, and you come out both tipsy and starving and there's chicken right there. I know. It's note to self. It's like anything that's like speakeasy bar and then like actual food in the front. I feel like that's a winning combination. That is a big dub in my book. Uh, the last place that I have been to, at least recently, was Tilt. This is hidden kind of upstairs near Pearl Oyster Bar. It has a really cool, like, retro feel. There's neon signs. The bar area has, like, all these, like, cool poster tab things that have kind of like a 90s almost vibe. It's very interesting. Pretty solid drinks and almost Every time that I have been there, it is standing room only. So I highly recommend, like, if you're going and you're going with a crowd, I don't know if you have to get there at, like, 5 p.m. or, like, 7 p.m., but you're standing probably the whole night to get up there, is my view. Bridget, how do you feel about speakeasies? I'm not the biggest speakeasy fan. Um, The last one I went to was Out of Office in Adams Morgan. It's behind the barbershop manifest, which was it was a really cool spot. Like it it truly is like hidden. Like you would not know it was there. if You did not know it was there. I saw it on TikTok and (laughs) I liked the vibe. I thought it was a cool spot. Good drinks. However, my big complaint is that like I think that speakeasy, the reason why the Gibson was great is because they opened at a time where they didn't really have a lot of those spots in D.C. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of spots now, they use the speakeasy vibe as a way to like kind of overcharge you a little bit. So as as much as I enjoyed the vibe at Out of Office, which I really did, if you go with another person, you both have two drinks, like $200 later, you're like, wait a minute, you know? And so that's a little bit of my my gripe with speakeasies is that sometimes I think they can be a tad overpriced, but... If you are looking for a a fancier night or a more elevated night where you want to get a little spendy, they can be cool. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think I've ever been to a speakeasy that's reasonably priced. No, I I think I think that's that's not part of the course. So there's a bunch of places that I haven't been able to try. So like the mirror or like off the record at the Hay Adams or Allegory or never looked better. Have any of you tried any of those? And do you have thoughts or feelings? I've been to all of them. (laughs) I I really enjoy the speakeasy thing, even though. Bridget's criticism is very appropriate. Um, I just think they're fun. Um, The mirror is truly hard to find. I knew exactly where it was, but the entrance is kind of creepy. So while you're going there, you're like, am I really going to the right place or am I going to get like stabbed? You know, it's it's (laughs) it's a creepy one. Once you're in there, it's very, very dark. Also, like there's like 
three candles and that's it. It's pretty much pitch black in there. So it's an interesting vibe. Off the record feels a little bit stuffy in my opinion, but it is a cool spot to get to. Allegory I love. They have like a twist on Alice in Wonderland theme, which is pretty cool. And I also it's in the Eaton Hotel and I just love that hotel and everything mm-hmm. it stands for. And Never Looked Better is very neon. Everything is neon <laughs> in there. It's very it's very Instagrammable. Mm. That seems to be their overall vibe. Juliet Priyanka, thanks so much for being here. I will see you both over a $27 cocktail at one of these speakeasies. Sounds like a plan. Okay, PB, you're going to hear from us very, very soon. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell someone who is looking to actively get involved in the peace and aid efforts. We hope this episode helps. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you then. 